that, you want somebody that's going to do you a good job, right? And so how are we at managing the very thing that God has given us? A manager is someone who looks after the assets of somebody else. Maybe it's wealth. Maybe they're managing their wealth assets. Maybe they're managing their physical uh, land or houses or, or, or things of that nature. But maybe they're managing their employees. But uh, a manager is someone who looks after the assets and investments of somebody else. Did you know that each and every one of us is a manager? We're a manager of assets that has been deposited into our life, whether you are a believer or not a believer. God gave every one of you time. God's given every one of you a special talent. And God's given every one of you special treasures. I love what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, for we have this treasure in our earthen vessels. At the excellency of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, at the light of the gospel may be illuminated into our hearts and lives. I guess the religious word for a manager would be the word steward. I choose to use the word manager instead of the word steward because when you mention the word steward, most Christians break out in like a, a hive or something in cold sweats. But a manager, a steward is nothing more than a manager and you're a manager of what God's given you. And this morning I want to talk to you about being a manager of the time that God has given you. You, you know it doesn't matter which economic brackets you find yourself living in it doesn't matter whether you find yourself without a house or the biggest house in alexandria every one of us has the same amount of hours in a day every one of us has the same amount of minutes in a day we have the same amount of time to do something with when you think about this if a person eats right if they work out a little bit and they take care of themselves They'll live to be about 85 years old is the average age today. Unless that's, of course, you were part of the greatest generation. Those dudes just ate whatever is in front of them, and they, they're living to be 90 just because they, they got the stuff that we don't have anymore. Work out? What is that? They didn't need Planet Fitness because that's what they did every day. But as we find ourselves living with this amount of months, 1,024 months, something like that, if you live to be 85 years old, what are you going to do with those months? What are you going to do with the 365 days that you have this year? Man, as I was meditating on my sermon for this week, I was thinking, wow, January is already half gone. What have you done with it? How have you acted? You know, there's a great misconception with dealing with time. Matter of fact, many people have misconceptions like this. They say, well, I'm going to wait to really engage life when I graduate from college. Until then, I'm just going to enjoy my journey. I can't tell you how many people, people in ministry, that are in seminary trying to get training have this mentality. Well, when I graduate, I'll begin to serve. And they miss this great window of opportunity in learning how to grow and learning how to invest their life right now. Other misconceptions are this. Um, I'll wait till I graduate to engage life. I will give it all when I finally get to where I'm going. When I finally get to the place that I've been dreaming about, that's when I'm going to give it all. When I get to the job that, 
when I finally get the job that I went and earned my degree in, that's when I'm going to give it my all. Until then, when I'm on my pathway to greatness, I'm just going to do enough to get by. God did not create you just to get by. God created you for greatness. And it doesn't matter whether you're flipping numbers and budgets at the greatest Fortune 500 company in the world or you're flipping hamburgers down at the local McDonald's. God wants you to bloom where you're planted, be all that you can be, and make the most of every moment. One of the greatest worship songs at all time, of all times, of modern times, came out of the break room in McDonald's. There was, there was this young lady. They wrote this song. Who She, she wanted to be a, a songwriter. And, and that's all she wanted to do with her life. And, 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 and we were at Liberty at the same time. And she was going there. And, and uh, she was flipping hamburgers at McDonald's. And her songwriting career was going nowhere. And she was bummed out. And she said, you know what, Lord? I'm going to pray and fast this week. And if you want me to be a songwriter, then you've got to make it happen. If not, I'm going to kill that vision and go with whatever you want. And so, man, she was on about day five of fasting, and you know what that feels like. Everything's a cheeseburger. I mean, when you come home and you look at your spouse, they're a cheeseburger. When you look at your salad, it's a cheeseburger. I mean, you're picking up what I'm putting down. And, man, she was there, and she was frying French fries. And, I mean, you know. You don't have to be a fast food connoisseur. But you know, those McDonald's french fries, when they're hot, they're hard to beat. And so as she flipped that fresh basket of fries into that big vat and she began to salt them down, you know, a lot of sodium on there to make them really good, just subconsciously she reached down, picked one up, and bit half of it off. And when she did, she broke down. And began to weep uncontrollably. Now, if you've ever been to a McDonald's, you know the French fry vat is not in the back. I mean, it's right up there in front where you can see them salting them down before God and everybody. And right there in the front of all the customers, she fell down on this mat and began to weep uncontrollably. I mean, nobody could console her. Finally, the manager came over there and picked her up, helped her up and said, come on, honey, you got to get to the break room. You got to get yourself together. He said, I don't know what's going on in your life, but you need to sit in this break room and figure it out. And sitting in the break room of McDonald's with a broken heart, she, she said this phrase with tears in her eyes. She said, God, were you not more to me than a salty French fry? God, did I not want a word from you today more than a salty French fry? And sitting in the break room at McDonald's in the excruciating pain of her fasting, she sat down and wrote, Lord, you're more precious than silver. Lord, you're more costly than gold. And nothing that I could ever compare could ever compare to you. And the break room of McDonald's wrote one of the most popular songs that come out of the late 1990s and began to sweep across our country and her, her songwriting career was birthed in that moment. I want you to know that when you're ready to give up and you think you're wasting time and you think all is lost, God might just be just beginning 
just beginning. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at that sermon dealing with these kind come out by prayer and fasting alone. I want you to know today, don't you wait to get to where you're going till you start doing what God's called you to do. You be all that you can be. Whether you're in the, in the United States Army or God's Army, you be all that you can be wherever you are, whatever you're doing for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Many people make this false misconception. They say, my window is passed. I've missed my opportunity. I waste, waited too long. I waited too long. I'll tell you, as we looked at that sermon last week, you can't ever wait too long. If you will just give it all to God right where you are and believe God where you are, you can begin to see the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit transforming in your life. Remember, God's not operating on our calendar. We are. For one day to God is a thousand years to us. And scripture drives me crazy. If there would be one that I could rewrite, it would be this one in the Bible. For one day to us is a thousand years. And a thousand years to us is just one day to God. And so because of these scriptures and because of these misconceptions in the mindset of man, here's what God said in Ephesians 5. In Ephesians 5, he wrote this passage of scripture. And he says this in verse 14. For what makes everything clear is the light. Therefore it is said, get up, sleeper, rise up from the dead, and the Messiah will shine on you. Pray carefully, attention, with careful attention. Then to how you walk. Not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, which is reckless actions. Don't be like that. Be filled with the Spirit of God. And when you get up and you're filled with the Spirit of God, speak hymns and psalms to one another. Make music in your heart, for the Lord is great giving thanks always for everything unto God the Father in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Boys, I've just been chewing this scripture over for about three weeks right now. I've been chewing it over in a different translation, and that different translation says this, See then that you walk circumspectly, redeeming the time, for the days are evil. See then how you walk circumspectly. A couple things we can look at here. See then the first thing I want you to circle is how. How you walk. How do you walk? That word how literally means what manner do you walk. When you're at your house, how do you walk? When you're getting up and you're going to the gym and you're at the gym, how do you walk? At the New Planets Fitness, they got this thing called the lunk alarm. It goes off if somebody's acting like a fool. I wonder what would happen in our lives as born-again, blood-bought believers if we had a lunk alarm in our life that every time we walked in a manner not worthy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I wonder how many times would that bell go off? At the Planet Fitness, you only get three shots and you can't come back for 24 hours. See then how you walk, in what manner, how do you walk, what manner are you walking, circumspectly. That word circumspectly is very interesting. It's watchfully and discreetly 
when you're walking, be watchful and be discreet about it. And that word circumspectly, the root of it is the word that we get from our word circle. Which means when you walk, I want you to walk and, and be looking, not just straight ahead, but look to your right, look to your rear, look to your left, and, and be walking about circumspectly. Why? Because Peter wrote that the devil is walking around and he's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. But we must walk in a manner that has our eyes on the horizon trying to make a difference for the glory of God, for the power of God, that the kingdom of God might be widened. Not your own personal life, not your own church, not that your church may grow in numbers or grow in buildings, but that the kingdom of God may be expanded. Walk circumspectly, redeeming the time. See then how you walk circumspectly. Because the days are evil. Do you believe we live in evil days? Redeeming the time. I couldn't get past this word redeem. Man, I've chewed it over up one side and down the other. And, and, and I wrote it on my wall in my office. And I, I wrote this scripture out and I've circled words and I've come back and I've just sat there and I've looked at them and I'm like, God, what are you really saying? And that word redeem, redeem means to buy up. It also means to buy back something that was lost. Something that may have been stripped away. Something that may have been stolen. You can go and redeem it from the pawn shop. If somebody stole your jewel and pocked it at the silver dollar pawn shop. You, you can go redeem it and buy it back when it's for sale. But it also means something else. Looking for something not that's lost. But something that is to be taken advantage of. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. The, 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 the time, the time, the time. How do I be a good manager of the time? How do I be a good manager of the, of the 24 hours that I have? As a staff, Pastor Ken is one of our senior mentors and he meets with us individually. And one of the things that he's challenged us to do is to be a good, not to be just a good leader, but to be a good manager leader. That's the words, the phrase that he's been drilling into our hearts as leaders and mentoring us. Be a good manager leader. And how do you be a good manager leader? He said, you ought to just write down what you do every day in a 24-hour day and see where your time really is going. See how much time you really spend in different areas. And he says, when you begin to look at where your time's going, a lot of times if you're depressed or struggling and you realize how much idle time you've given to reckless thoughts, you can begin to redeem those. Buy them back and say, I will not give up my time, but I will make the most of my time. I wrote a definition of what I felt like redeem meant, redeeming the time. It's to make wise and sacred use of every opportunity for doing good so that our zeal and our well-doing are as if it were the purchase money in which we make the most of our own minutes. That our zeal and our well-doing, that, that our zeal, the passion that we have, that it's literally the coins that we're purchasing every moment with to make the most of it. Remember, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how rich you are, how poor you are, how great, how many degrees you have, or if you have no degree, you all have the same amount of time. And you know, every time you go to a, a cemetery and you look at a tombstone, there's three things that you will see that are very common. There will be a start date, 
a dash, and the end date. And I need to tell you today that the start date is really insignificant. And the end date is really insignificant. The only significant thing on any headstone that's... Listen, listen to me today. The significant thing on a headstone is not what your family engraved is your life motto, your epitaph. The significant thing is the dash. It's not what others said about you, but it's what your life said about you, why you lived. And I want you to know that dash equals every waking moment of your life. And the question not is, it's not, did I have more money? It's did I have more time? I've never stood by the bed of someone who was dying and him saying, I wish I'd have bought one more piece of land. I wish I'd have bought one more condo on the beach. I wish I would have taken one more trip around the world. But every one of them are saying, I wish I'd had one more day. I wish I could have one more week, week not to go around the world, but to spend in the presence of my friends and my family that I love unbelievably. The time. How do you redeem it? How do you make the most of it? How do you gain all of that redeeming the time because the days are evil look at this next slide right here it goes even a step further as we begin to redeem these times it's doing great things in our heart and our life because we're buying them up we're buying up the time as those days are evil we must buy up every opportunity that's what we must do with our lives we must look for opportunities to make a difference. We must look for opportunities to be all that we can be for Jesus Christ. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to read the Bible 12 out of the 24 hours of a day. It doesn't mean that you always have to walk around preaching to people, carrying your Bible, whether it be an old book or an iPhone, and you're preaching to people, and you're letting them have it with the Word of God. No, that your life, would become the salt of the earth. And that just being in the presence of other people, they would be compelled to come out of the darkness and into the light. They would become, that your life would be the salt of the earth. And just being in their presence would be like somebody who just choked down four pounds of fried fish that was salty as all could be. And they're thirsty and they can't get enough water. And people would want to be in your presence and drink in. Your very being, your very personality, your very characteristics, your very outlook on life. Come on, guys. You know there's people that you can't wait to be around and there's others you can't wait to get away from. Hello? Am I the only one like that? I mean, don't tell me there's not been somebody in the store before and you went the other way so you didn't have to talk to them. I don't, don't be super spiritual with me. I remember one time I was preaching a crusade somewhere and I, I came in and uh, my wife was out of town and man, I stopped at the store and I went in there and there was this guy, he was drunk, he was hammered, man. He wouldn't, he wouldn't tore down yet because he was still standing up, but he was drunk. He was giving that cashier the what far. When I walked in, I knew him, man, I had led him to Christ and I ain't, I'm not going to lie to you. I saw him and there was a big chip rack right there. Man, I had just come back off of a spiritual high. And I was like, Lord, I, I just wanted a Diet Coke and go to my house. And so, man, I just began to ease around that gondola. And when I did, he began to walk out the other way. And he turned around to give that cashier one more cussing. And when he did, that boy, I was bullseye. And there he came. He got in my face. 
He said, I'll tell you why I don't go to your church anymore, preacher. And he began to tell me things people did. I looked at that drunk. I said, man, is that all you got? Is that the only reason you don't come back? Man, I could give you something that's a lot better than that. I mean, if you need some more ammunition, I could give you a lot better reasons not to come back than that. I said, I have better reasons not to go back to that church, and I'm the pastor of it, but you know why I keep going? Because I want to redeem the time. I want to make the most of every opportunity. I want to love Jesus more than I love a church. More than I love religion, more than I love um, than, than, than religious steps, but that I keep falling in love with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords over and over and over again every day. We must buy up every opportunity. We must make the most of them. We must seize the moment. That's what it's saying right here in this passage of Scripture. He says, therefore, get up. Get up from your sleep. I love the passage of scripture, and you can read this later in Proverbs 24, where it talks, I went, where it talks about I went by the, the vineyard of the slothful man. I went by the field of the rundown farm. It was covered in nettles and a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. I thought about this as I was reading that passage in Proverbs this week, and how it looks differently, our slothfulness. I almost set them up here this morning on display. When I was a boy, the thing that was a, a, a picture of slothfulness, a, a little boy, of course, was a rocking chair. And I remember my grandfather, a farmer, saying, boy, I could lose a crop in this recliner. I could lose a crop in this rocker. And then we move over a little bit, and another generation was, man, I, I could lose a crop with this Nintendo game. And then, man, all of a sudden now, it's, man, I could lose a crop with Facebook. I could lose a crop with, 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 with Snapchat. and I mean, if you try to keep up your Snapchat, your Facebook, and your Twitter, I mean, you're a busy person. That's not even dealing with Instagram. Now, I'm not telling you you should ban social media because it's some good stuff that comes out of it. But I am telling you that you ought to redeem every moment and you ought to make the best of every moment that God is giving you to do. We ought to do an inventory like Pastor Ken's encouraged us to do. Do an inventory of what a 24-hour day looks like in our life and say, God, are you honored with these hours? And I'm not talking about just one hour where you're on your best behavior. I'm not talking about your best Sunday like, oh, it's Christmas Sunday morning. I'm going to church. and I, It's going to be my good day. I'm talking about do an inventory of your life and, and look at it over several days and say, what does my life look like? Am I really redeeming the time? Am I really buying up every opportunity? Now, understand something very clearly here, because I know what you're thinking. Pastor, you're just wanting us to be at this church all the time. You're wanting us to be working at this church all the time. No, that's not what I'm saying. I don't want you here all the time. Because there's a many a time that I've got ready to go fishing, and I, didn't, I don't get to go a whole lot. So before I ever go now, I always take the rods and reels that I'll be using on that fishing expedition and I go out in the yard or the driveway or the church parking lot and I just begin to cast them and reel them in with a big nut or something on the end of it to make sure that it's functioning properly. Do you know in all of that, all of that preparation I have never caught a fish? Because when, if you want to catch fish, you got to what? Go where the fish are. 
And listen, we don't, make, we don't win people to Christ because we hang out inside the sheetrock. We don't win people to Christ because we build bigger buildings to make people feel better when they get here about where they are and in the sin where they are that they can just keep singing kumbaya on their way to heaven. No, we make a difference. We impact the kingdom of darkness when we roll up our sleeves and we become the salt of the earth. We become the city on the hill. When we rise up from our slumberedness, when we rise up from our sleeping and we take the light that's been deposited into our life and run into the world of darkness. Make the most of every opportunity. Not only must we buy up every opportunity, but we must reflect the light. Light brings life. Light brings life. There are some things that grow in darkness. And some people like them. But most of them aren't honorable. Light brings life. I remember I lived across an area where these teenagers hung out a lot. <coughs> in the parking lot because it was dark. And I remember one day the owner came up and put lights all over the parking lot. You know the kids didn't, didn't leave that parking lot? They just moved all the way over here to the edge, right on the edge of the light, and they kept hanging out. Light brings life. Maybe you're sitting there at home this morning, and you're watching this on television or the internet, and you're saying, what's my next step? Begin again. Allow our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to meet you right where you are and start afresh. Just begin to pray and ask God to have His way in your life. Find you a church, find you a group of people to help be a stepping stone for you to make a difference for His glory and His kingdom in your life. Together we can make a difference in every culture, with every race, and with every people group for His name's sake. Thank you for joining us today. We would like to take a moment to thank our sponsors that made this program possible. Bayou Shirts. At Bayou Shirts, we offer quick, friendly, quality service for all your t-shirt needs. Check us out today at BayouShirts.com for information on all the services we can provide. Looking for child care? Visit College Camp located in the heart of Pineville. It is a licensed aid facility that has been in existence since 2008. For more information, call 10 Coffee Shop in downtown Alexandria. If you're looking for a great place to hang out or have a break and a wonderful cup of coffee, please stop by and see Jeff and thank him for his support of our ministry.
At FCA, we're touching millions one heart at a time. Since 1954, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes has been putting the heart and soul in sports by challenging athletes and coaches to impact the world for Jesus Christ. As the largest sports ministry in the world, FCA now reaches over 2 million people annually on the professional, college, high school, junior high, and youth levels. Through this shared passion for athletics and faith, lives are changed one heart at a time. Learn more at fca.org. 